Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Dr. Andy Rourke. We are two weeks away from Uncharted Veterinary Conference. That's the premier marketing and strategy conference in veterinary medicine happening right here in sunny, beautiful downtown Greenville, South Carolina. It's my hometown. I'm a bit biased, but I think it's great. If you'd like to attend, it is sold out. I'm sorry to say that it's sold out, but you can totally watch it. You can see all there is to see by joining our online community. Head over to unchartedvet.com, grab yourself a membership. We are still in the 30-day risk-free trial period, which means that you can watch it with no risk at all. If you don't love the community, you can leave it. Full refund, no questions asked. We're love that you just gave us a try. So, head on over, grab yourself a membership, settle in, meet new friends in our online community, super active, super vibrant, super positive, all about helping you succeed, and buckle up, buttercup, you're going to get to see our live stream on the main stage, and then we'll be dropping workshops in from our uh, archived footage as soon as we can get them turned around and processed. Tons of stuff going on, we'd love to have you there, check it out, and... In the meantime, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. <laughs> so after a non-starter, when uh, Stephanie had a sneeze attack, we're, we are here. We're back. It's me. Sorry, guys. Stephanie, my mom told me you better shop around Goss. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that one, uh, and it's yeah. and it's so perfect for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk today about price shoppers. Oh, what do you What do you guys think about that? Love it, so great. <laughs> I love price shoppers, and maybe that makes me weird, but you know i've i've gone to i've gone to a bunch of ce and a bunch of management talks over my career and my favorite is when someone stands up in the front of the class and um mark opperman does this so well and he asks it in one of his classes and he'll be like who here likes to talk to clients about money and <laughs> you look around the room and um almost 100% of the time no hands go up but i am always that person where my hand shoots up and i am I it's something I super geek out about. I I love to teach our teams how to feel comfortable talking to clients about money and I think a lot of that conversation begins with the price shopper. I don't know how how do you feel about that? Well, let, I I I'm with it. I'm totally with it. Let's define some terms. What do you mean when you say price shopper? Who is that? So I think that that term has expanded. I think when I when I first started in practice, price shoppers were um, a very specific subset of client or potential client who was only worried about the money. And they were on the phone calling every clinic in town because they wanted the rock bottom basement price. They didn't care about anything else. They only wanted to find out where the cheapest option was and that's where they were going to go. And I think that that is a dramatically different definition than the current state in veterinary medicine, which is that price shoppers are everyone. Mm -hmm. I think we live in an age of convenience and um, we live in a state where 
if we want to buy something, we type it into Google and yes, we immediately get all of the price options, but we also get all of the store options. And so we have the ability to, with the touch of a button, look at everything from customer service to price in, in one, in a one-stop shop. And so I think that, um, I think that convenience is really important to our clients. And so I think Price Shopper no longer means just the clients who are looking at the bottom line and looking for the cheapest option and they don't care about what's included. I think Price Shoppers also include clients who money is not the concern, but they want to know about what the experience is like in your hospital. And so if they're not already a current client, um, it often includes people who are trying to gauge what their experience might be with your hospital from the very first conversation that they have with your team. I completely agree with that. So yeah, so splitting price shoppers up into two categories makes a ton of sense to me. And so number one is I'm price shopping because I want the cheapest service possible. I want to find the person who will do it for the less. The other category are the people who say, I need a vet and I need a service. And I'm calling to ask you what you charge because I don't know what other questions to ask. Mm -hmm. But really, I'm here. I'm going to make assumptions based on the customer service I receive on the phone and how you present yourself. And this is something I, I like to hammer on a lot. Guys, clients make big decisions based on small amounts of information. And when I mean small, I mean they're looking at subtle things. You yeah. better believe that they assess the skill of your surgeon by how uh, Chandra at the front desk answers the phone. They yeah. do. Because they don't they have any other way to assess whether or not your surgeon is good. They're going to look at the things they can assess, and they're going to make generalizations and connections. Mm -hmm. So the way you handle this person when they call to say, I need to get my dog's teeth cleaned. They're going to assume that that is how you would handle their actual dental cleaning and procedure. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. I think let's let's unpack the first one a little bit because I think it's worth talking about. How do you handle the the people who are just looking for the most rock bottom price um, within the context of your clinic, and then maybe unpack. The second part, which is the little bit heavier part um, in terms of the clients who are making those decisions based on that little bit of information. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, when we start to look at these two different categories, and I'm interested to see what you say here. To me, I don't know that there's a difference in the approach. You know, one of the things that I, I really believe is I have no idea what you have in your wallet. And and, and I'm not going to try to guess. I'm just not. Um I really feel like we should treat every pet owner the same yes. and people who have financial concerns, they'll shake out. And, and when I say shake out, I mean, they will make it apparent at some point that they don't have uh, the resources that we're talking about. And, and again, they'll be treated with respect and we're not going to judge those people and we're going to do what we can to take care of them. But I feel like everyone should go through the same system and get the same process and we just need to develop systems and processes that that guide people where they need to go and that give them the information they need to have and that opens up clear communication. So if this person says, I simply can't afford what you're talking about, they feel comfortable communicating that to us. And we can say, OK, I hear you. I understand <laughs> you. I'm not judging you. Let's talk about how we can work with the resources that we have to get the best outcome for your pet. And so that's kind of what I think 
when I start thinking about phone shoppers, I think that we need a system that handles both categories coming in the <laughs> exact same. How do you feel about that? I I agree a hundred percent with that, and and I will say that um, I I have always been taught to. Um, take it one step further. And what I mean by that is I, I agree with you that those clients who price is really the ultimate concern, they will shake out in the course of um, a conversation. And I think that that's absolutely okay. And acknowledging where they're at is important. And so I, um, I, part of my how to handle price shoppers is um, process is to talk about, to talk about the, the, um, financing options that we as a practice provide. Cause I think that that's important whether or not they can afford it. I don't, I don't wait for somebody to tell me, sure. I have, you know, $600 sitting in my bank account that I would love to turn over to you today. I want everybody to know the price shopper takes that turn into, I don't think that I can afford you. Thank you so much for the information. I don't think that it's wrong to acknowledge that you're not going to necessarily always win the price war, that there, there is, um, if your clinic is um, not low volume and um, I mean, sorry, if your clinic is not high volume and and low price, that there are a set of clients that may need services that another clinic can provide. I don't think that it's wrong to acknowledge that and give them more information if if you have it, and especially if you have good relationships with um, that clinic. You know, if you have a low cost clinic in town and you have a great relationship with them, I don't think that it's wrong to be able to to have that conversation with someone. No, I, I'm completely with you. So let's even before we answer the phone, let's get in the right headspace. And so okay. here's here's the headspace that that I think is really important. Um, I'm a huge believer in the idea that you cannot be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. You you just can't. You cannot be the Ritz-Carlton for your A clients and the mm-hmm. Motel 6 for your cash strap clients. Like you, right. you just you can't. You're right. not built that way. You cannot be all things to all people. And and I think that we need to recognize that and be okay with it. Right. And I always say it this is this sounds racy, but it's true. Not all clients are created equal for your practice. Mm-hmm. There are clients that fit with the culture and they fit with your recommendation and with your philosophy and they are wonderful clients. And there's other clients that just don't. And one quick example is if you're a super um, low stress handling, fear-free, good communication practice, mm-hmm. that stuff all takes time. Yeah. Which means if there's someone who calls and he's like, the most important thing for me is that I'm in and out in 10 minutes. Right. That's just not your guy. He's just not right. going to be your client. He's not going to be happy. And the faster he figures it out and you figure it out, the happier everybody's going to be. Yeah. And so know that you can't be all things to all people and own that and internalize it and believe it. Yep. Okay. So start with that. The next thing is know that if you are not the cheapest, you will probably lose this game and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fine game to lose. I will always lose the race to the bottom. I am mm-hmm. happy to lose that. Sure. And those clients who want the cheapest thing, you have to have a healthy enough mindset to let them go and not lose sleep over them. But I think when we get into that mindset of we were a great vet, we can make everyone happy, 
the people who go, that's ridiculous. I could, I, I know a place cheaper than that. And they hang up that tortures us. It mm -hmm. should not torture us. That's great. I know a restaurant cheaper than my favorite restaurant. I know a hotel cheaper than my favorite hotel. Doesn't matter. It doesn't say anything about those establishments. It doesn't bring down the quality of the places that I like. Just a different thing that that person's looking for. Yeah. I think, I think that that is, I think that that's so key. I, I you, you totally hit on the head. And I think that that's a radical shift because I know when I first started in the field, we were trained to think that we had to make everybody happy and we had to be all things to all people. And it was like sitting at that, at the front desk, the goal was to not lose a potential client. And so you, I, I, I remember as a CSR agonizing over those phone calls where someone was just like, you charge how much for a spay and would hang up on you mid sentence. And you felt like you hadn't done your job right. And that, that stuck with me for a long, long time. Um, and it's part of what um, led me to seek education within, within our industry and without um, outside of our industry in terms of what is really um excellent client service and is the definition pleasing everybody or is the definition deciding who your people are and making sure that those people are taken care of. If you are going to be an affordable clinic, like that's your, like, like that's your niche. Mm -hmm. You say mm -hmm. we want medicine to be as affordable as possible. Mm -hmm. Then you need to be winning these battles. Like, you know, yep. this is right in your wheelhouse. The price shopper is the person that you want. That's your, a client. And you need to take those things seriously and you need to think about trying to come out ahead in those competitions. If you are a, um, a white glove practice that, you know, that wants to work cases up and, and um, you're not trying to, to win in the price battle, then I think that you should recognize that this is a low success probability proposition and just be okay with that. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where I imagine people listening. And when I said, um, you know, I don't, I don't mind referring to the low cost clinic, you know, in town, if that's really truly what they need, I imagine some people gasping out there because that's like so taboo um, in veterinary medicine to think that as you know, that white glove practice that we could say to somebody, hey, if what you really need is the cheapest option, here's a good alternative. But that's where I challenge um, those uh, practices that have a model on either ends of the spectrum and in the middle as well to develop those relationships with each other. Because if you are truly high volume, low cost, you are serving a spectrum of our community that needs to be served. And I love that. And as as a manager of a, of a practice that does that at the um, closer to the opposite end of the spectrum where we're focused on longer appointments and fear-free tactics and high quality care. And that comes at a, with a, with a price tag to be able to, to offer all of those services. I want to be able to know that if we have somebody who truly um, needs a service at a rock bottom price, that I've developed a relationship with a clinic where I feel confident that they're going to get quality medicine, you know, I'm not sending them to somewhere where I'm worried about the, the quality of the medicine, but I know that they're going to get it at a, at a price that is potentially viewed as more affordable than, than we might be. And I, I like being able to have that relationship 
back and forth on on both sides. And so um, if that's your model, I would also challenge you to step outside of the box and and try and develop relationships with other practices in your area so that you can have that give and take um, kind of relationship. I completely agree with that. And I will tell you, I have I have made some people angry in uh in, in some lectures that I do when I talk about working with cash shop clients. Referral to a lower cost facility is not off the table, especially, you know, I, I always talk about the clinic where I mainly practice is in downtown Greenville, South Carolina, and it's called Cleveland Park Animal Hospital. It is in a beautiful affluent area. It is literally on a park. It is Cleveland Park. It is a mm-hmm. stone building. And we have a massive glass wall between the waiting room into the treatment room so pet owners can look in. So picture that facility. Uh-huh. We're not winning the low-cost battle. We're just right. not. And we're not interested in that. And that's not, you know, no judgment. That's just yep. not what we're doing. And so, you know, if it comes to a point where this pet needs surgery and we simply can't do it here, um, I think the moral thing to do is to say, well, oh, there's another place that I think may be able to, to accommodate you, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, let me say that I agree with what you're saying about referral being on the table. What, what is true for me is this, I am serious when I say we should have a system. Yeah. So when people call in, everybody gets treated the same. And what that means is generally we lose the true price shoppers right away. Yeah. They're, they're not going to, to jump on us um, and be like, yes, I'm coming in, which is fine, you know, because if that's your, if price is your concern, you're going to be unhappy with us. Like you're mm-hmm. going to argue the price or, or stress out the price every time you come in. And and it's better for you just to be somewhere else. And it's, it's better for us to have you go somewhere else. And again, no judgment, just, just talking about getting things done. Mm-hmm. So, so we take that approach. When people are in the exam room, we absolutely come to those financial conversations and we do get to that point where we say, all right, let's talk about what this really costs and and about getting this service done for you. If someone's price shopping a spay, I I generally don't go to the mat to try to convince them to come in and see us. How do you feel about that? I I agree with that. And I would say that um, to me, kind of the system that I have learned and um, taken and refined over the years is I think it is important to talk about um, what you do and why you do it. And you need to have three or four key talking points. So, for example, when you're talking about a spay or a neuter, your team and your entire team, not just your front desk team, your entire team needs to be able to answer the question of how much is that going to cost me with some talking points and talk about um, what you're doing and then why you're charging what you're charging. But I do, I do agree that you don't need to go to the mat with them um, to convince them that your, that your price is a, a bargain for them or, or a value for them. If you're talking about the things that are important to you and because of how you're taking care of their pet and that doesn't resonate with them, I'm okay with that. Right. And that, okay. that's where I feel fine letting it go. Well, I, I just, I just generally, I don't, I don't know that it's productive or healthy to get into the conversation about financial help we can give when we're talking to someone who's not one of our clients. This person has never, you know what I mean? If you've never come here and we're on the phone talking about care credit, that, you know what I mean? Like I, 
I just don't, there's enough concern in me in starting this relationship. Like, I don't know that I want to convince you to come in if that's where we're starting this conversation. I just think you're better off to keep price shopping and find some, some find someone else. I disagree slightly because I think that I think that it is important. We do our clients a disservice when we don't explain to them what our financial policies are. And so I think any anytime I'm talking to someone who is potentially a new client, I want them to know what are their options with us. And uh, you know, I'm a perfect example when I started in this field, um, you know, and I, I got my very first, um, pet as a, as an adult and I was responsible for paying the bills. I had just graduated, um, from, from university and I had a ton of student debt and I didn't have a lot of money and I still needed to get my kitten, you know, neutered. And so knowing what my options were in terms of being able to use credit cards, being able to use a program like her credit or scratch pay, like that was important to me, not necessarily because, I needed it, but because it, they took the, if you, if you have a conversation about finances and you take the, um, emotion out of it and it's like, Hey, we just wanted to let you know, these are the payment options we, we offer here at the clinic. We take Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express. We take cash and checks. We also offer two payment options, you know, called care credit and scratch pay. Have you heard about them? Or would you like me to tell, you know, give you more information about either of those? That's completely different than, um, making them feel like they can't afford services for their pet and you have to get into, the how do I help you pay for it? I think those are two radically different things. But I do I do think that we do our clients a disservice by not letting them know what financial options we offer. Because if we don't, we're reading, we're trying to read them and decide how much money they have to spend and where they're putting the, the value with with their money. I think that's an excellent point. I think I think my opinion may have just changed here because you just you laid it down so beautifully. No, I I I think I need to step back and rethink this position because I I really do think that that's great. Let's um let's lay the system down. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about philosophy. We've been talking about getting in the right headspace, setting expectations yep. for ourselves, not beating ourselves up. Yeah. Let's let's run the system, and this is the system that we run. I can't look through the phone. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's in your bank account. I don't know how much money you have. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know anything. I'm going to treat you fairly. I'm going to treat you in the way that I treat all of our pet owners, and so. Yep. Here is the system. Why don't you lay it down? So the first thing that I teach my team is that um, clients clients can't see you, but they can absolutely hear the stress of a a rushed greeting when you answer the phone. And so for me, the conversation starts with, do you have a smile on your face? And if the answer is no, you don't pick up the phone yet. Um, and and I I still find myself doing it. I um, you know pa- take a minute, pause, take a deep breath, and put a smile on your face and pick up the phone and answer it. And I challenge all of you guys to just try that because it is such a simple thing, but it makes a huge difference in the way you present yourself to a client on the phone if you have a, a literal smile on your face when you answer it. I um I love that. And people. There's a lot of people who, old school people, roll their eyes and go, oh, try it. It, <laughs> it really does make a difference. One of the things I teach in the exam room, so when I work with doctors, I teach this thing. It's in behavioral psychology. It's called deep acting. It's me deciding 
that I am going to like the person or that I do like the person that I'm dealing with. I'm not trying to convince them that I like them. I'm not putting on a fake fake smile. I decide, truly decide, I like this person. I They're having a bad that. day and I get it. We've all been stressed. But I like this person. She obviously has a very good relationship with her pet. She she wouldn't be here if she didn't care. I'm going to like this person and just choose to believe that she's struggling, fighting a battle that I don't know anything about. And I'm going to help her. And I like her. And I will literally go through that exercise. And I really, I want to encourage everybody out there. If you're going, if you're working the exam rooms, if you're working the front desk, try this exercise for a week. Choose to like the people on the other end of the phone. I am going to, honest to God, choose to like the pet on this in that exam room. And if you do it, guys, it is like magic. They they read it on you. I mean, it's 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 millions of years of evolution of reading. You know, reading our our other human beings around us, looking yeah. for danger, looking for signs of encouragement. They read it. They read it right right on your face, and it affects their behavior. Yeah, I I think that that is is so I I love that. I think that that is such an awesome way to look at it. And I I definitely want to I want to try that out. I have always looked at it as everybody is my friend. They just don't know yet. And so when I start I like the, when I start the conversation with them, for me it always begins with saying, you know, saying good morning or good afternoon letting them know where they're calling because sometimes they're like, oh, you literally have her. I literally have heard clients say, wait, did I just call the right hospital after I've given them <laughs> the hospital name? So I, I like to say good morning. And then I like to tell them who I am. I want to build a relationship with them. I want them to know who I am because at the end of the day, I want to be, I want to build a relationship with them. I want to know about them and their pets. So for me saying, you know, good morning or good afternoon, whatever, um, whatever your kind of standard greeting is for your clinic, letting them know where they're calling and then telling them who you are. You know, I, th- this is Stephanie. How can, how can I help? Um, and so I think having a system for starting the conversation off is, is super in- important. And then the next step for me is that they usually, when you have a price shopper, they're like, Hey, you know, Oh, hi, Stephanie. I, um, you know, was just calling to find out how much it would be for a dental for my pet. And I know that some of you are thinking, well, I can't possibly answer that question. And I think that that needs to be, there are some of you out there that are thinking, oh, well, a dental at our practice is 350 and I can tell them that right off the bat. Yes, that is true. But does it change your answer if you know that they have a nine-year-old diabetic pet versus, um, you know, a a two-year-old um, a two-year-old pet. And does that two-year-old pet, if you know that it's a Pomeranian that was taken in from a rescue and has not had any dental care yet to age two and has half their teeth rotting out, does that change your answer? So I, I think that the, I think that yes, even if you, even if you have um, your process set up so that you have a standard package, whether it's for a spay or neuter or dentistry, if you have a standard package and no matter what the base price is that I I think that I have to challenge you guys to to think just a little bit beyond that and say you still need more information about them and about their pet to be able to answer that question. And so that doesn't have to be a long part of the conversation, but I would challenge you to get some more information about the client, ask them their name, ask them their pet's name and ask them a few questions about their pet. You know, how old, how can I ask you your pet's name? And if, you know, if you, if you 
tell me that your pet's name is Fluffy. And then I have the ability to say, well, how, you know, how old is Fluffy? What breed is she? And you're going to get potentially some information that leads you to asking more questions. And so it could take a minute and a half, but that information is potentially going to change whether you tell them, well, our base dentistry package is X, Y, and Z, and here's the cost, or whether you're going to have a caveat with that answer and say, well, our base dentistry starts at, you know, 350 and given Fluffy's age, um, it's important to know that we require pre-anesthetic lab work for all of our patients that are over eight years of age or whatever. Like There are things that you need to know about that client. And so um, even if you've set your system up with canned estimates and you've got packages, which I totally encourage and I think is, is phenomenal um, and makes everybody's lives easier, especially your front desk team, you still need to try and build the the relationship with them. And so that's for me where it goes back to everybody's my friend. They just don't know it yet. I want to know a little bit about them so that I really truly can try and help them by giving them more personalized service. I like that a lot. Um, open-ended questions right off the bat, just to personalize to them. They call me and say, uh, yeah, uh, how much you, uh, how much you charge to clean, clean a dog's teeth? I think it's great to say, well, uh, it varies with the individual and what their needs are. Let me ask you some questions about your dog. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And then going into, so tell me, tell me a bit about him, what, uh, him or her. What's, what's the sex? What's, mm-hmm. his, what's her name? How old is she? Is there any medical concerns? Has she had her teeth cleaned previously? And just start to get, just quickly get some of these background pieces. And then you still lead with that disclaimer of, you know, with dentistry, we never know what we're getting into until we look into the dog's mouth. And so we start every one of our dentistries with a physical examination. And this everything I'm telling you may change based on what the doctor sees. Mm-hmm. And and then I think you can start to go into the standard package. Do you agree with that? Yes, 100%. 100%. And, and I think that uh, uh, for me, the perfect example of that is a puppy kitten package, right? Most hospitals have some, some version of a puppy or kitten pra- uh, package. If you were a caller, if you were a price shopper and you were calling around checking out local clinics and you called and you asked, hey, do you have, um, you know, puppy packages? And someone said, yes, we do. We have a puppy package and includes all, you know, all of the basic vaccinations and, um, you know, dewormings and care that they need up to age 16 weeks. And this is what the cost is versus if you were having a conversation and I said, um, Yes, we do have puppy and kitten packages. Um, you know, um, first of all, you know, is this your first pet? How old is he or she? Tell me a little bit more because I'm super excited for you, and I you know I want to make sure that I answer all the questions that you might have because there's a lot to there's a lot to take in when you have a new puppy or kitten. Those those two experiences are dramatically different, are they not? So I think that it's I think that it's really important to start that bonding process right off the bat. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, so far in our process, we talked about getting the right headspace, you know, mm-hmm. decide to like this person, recognize that, that you're not going to be all things to all people. And this person may choose to go elsewhere. And that's not a condemnation of you or your practice. It's just maybe that wasn't what they were looking for, or they didn't think that it was worth it, what they were looking for. So number yeah. one is getting the right hat what's going on, you know, get some background, open-ended questions, get that person to invest some time into you. The more time they spend talking to you on the phone, the higher the chances are they're going to come into your practice because they are investing into you and into this relationship. And so honestly, them talking 
is beneficial for you, just just so you know. I like the price may change disclaimer. Just say, based on what we see, this this may absolutely change. I'm just mm-hmm. giving you um, a ballpark estimate right here. And then the big thing I said, you know, then tell them what it what it costs. I think we need to walk back, that back a little bit and say there's there's two pieces to telling people what it costs. When I say when I say tell them what it costs, I mean two steps. Number one, present the value proposition, and then number yes. two is talk about the money. And yeah. so I think that this is I, I think this this should be a staple in staff training. I think that we should be having office meetings where we role play these things all the time and yeah. say how much you charge for a spay. If you give me a dollar figure, you fail. <laughs> I, you get you, that no. The answer is no. Um, how much you charge for a spay? When somebody says that to you, the answer the, the answer is well. Let me tell you what's included in a spay at our practice, or what a spay means at Cleveland Park Animal Hospital. Yes. And and that do not lay a money value down until you tell them what it means at your practice when you say dentistry. Or when you say spay, mm-hmm. or when you say you know um, vaccines, mm-hmm. what whatever that how much vaccines cost there? Well, let me tell you about what vaccines mean to us, mm-hmm. and then and then you lay that stuff down. Don't talk about the price until you talk about the value. And so with dentistry, we're going to talk about anesthesia because a lot of pet owners is crazy. A lot of pet owners don't know that their pet needs to go under full anesthesia to get their teeth cleaned. Yes. Like they get it when you explain it, but if they've never done this before, this, I mean, you guys, you guys know how it is. You, you've, you've talked to those pet owners. They just, they just don't know. And if this is their first dog or their first time getting their dog's teeth cleaned, why would they know? You know? Yes. Well, and I think that that, that is the key um, to being able to unlock for clients and really truly educate them. Um, If they, you don't know who they've called before they called your practice. And if they called a practice in the area that does dentistries for, you know, 179 bucks, they need to understand what, what is the difference between the, what, what a dentistry. um, And I, and I do say that a little bit in air quotes, what, what a dentistry at, a practice um, where the price is A is comparative to what a dentistry means at your practice because those there are a million shades of gray between both ends of the spectrum, especially when we're talking about something like dentistry. But even when we're talking about spays and neuters, there is such a there can be such a dramatic difference between what what is included or required or um, done as part of a routine surgery in each individual hospital. And we do our clients and potential clients a huge, huge disservice by not um, educating them about what your standards are and why they're your standards before we answer the price question. Oh, sure. I mean, for example, if you've got a designated anesthesia technician Mm -hmm. staying with your pet, like your pet will have his own veterinary technician monitoring his anesthesia, not leaving his side. Mm-hmm. Guys, that's a huge value proposition. The other thing is that's a big cost for the clinic, which plays into why you charge what you charge. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't say that, they are not going to guess that that is the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, again, why would they? I like this as a game to play with the staff is, guys, take turns and try to convince me to get my pet's teeth cleaned. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and see what they say. And and there's a spectrum here too. So let me let, before I, we lead people into a bad place. When I say <laughs> tell them what that means, give them the value. There is not enough information, and then yes. there's also way too much information. Information in jargon. You know, yeah. it's like ah, oh, so yeah, we use isofluorine. We got a you got an anesthesia tech right there. Uh, we got we run an EKG. You know, we put a, a we got a pulse ox on them the whole time. None yes. of that means anything to the pet owner. None at all. You're not helping yourself. You're making them feel stupid and making them feel intimidated. So they're not going to ask you questions that they really care about. Yes. Yes. So you've think- got to refine this pitch to give them enough information that they feel like they understand what you do. But it has got to be accessible and it's got to be simple. And the other thing is, no, this person is not going to sit on the phone for you to give a 15 minute presentation about the medical you know, needs of a patient receiving a dental profi. However, I think that and I think you're 100 percent correct. And and I think that um, if you keep your descriptions concise and you the goal is to keep your descriptions concise you want to give them enough information that they perceive the value and save the details for when they ask questions because I actually really love those conversations with the client who is you know super anxious because this is their first time having a pet and they have the million questions and those are 20 or 30 minute phone calls I actually really love those conversations because it gives me an opportunity to really um to really go above and beyond and answer their questions and and make them taken care of. And I think we need to remember that the majority of our clients or potential clients fall into that category where they want to understand, they want to have a value proposition, and they want to feel comfortable asking more questions, but they don't want to feel pressured um, by the amount of information that you're giving them. Yeah, that's a great point. You you got to read the room. You you want to be able to expand the conversation as much as they want to expand it. But again, I I stand by what I what I said is you know somebody calls and said how much for a spay, and you think that they're going to give you twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think you're incorrect. I mean, I think you need yeah. oh I think you need a ninety second response that lays out you know um, your general value proposition. And ask, you know, do you have any questions? Is there anything else I can clarify? You know, yep. give them room to expand it. But yeah, it, it's yep. definitely a balance. And I think we all get trapped there when we're we're talking. And it doesn't do me any good to explain these things if you're zoned out and not paying attention. But at the same time, I also don't want to leave important things out. And so it really is a collaboration with the person on the other end of the phone. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And and I would say um, for those of you guys out there who are like, maybe we need a team together and brainstorm a list and think about when you have uh, this procedure, whether it's dental or spay or neuter, what are what are your talking points? What are the things that are, you feel like might be important for a client to know? What sets you apart if you know that everybody else in town doesn't require pre-anesthetic blood work, but you do, or maybe they require it just solely based on age, but you require it on everybody. Decide what your talking point is. Explain that to clients because they are going, you have to keep in mind and know your audience that they're going to get 
price quotes from other places in town that are going to be different on that point. And it's important for you to be able to succinctly explain to them why there's value for you as a practice in having that, that requirement. And so brainstorm your list and then narrow it down. I would say narrow it down to like five to seven, the things that stick out to your team as being most important. And then for every single one of those points, come up with, how do you put that into layman's terms? You know, something like anesthetic monitoring. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right. It means something different at every different practice. Anesthetic monitoring could mean that there's a body in the room, but anesthetic monitoring could also mean that they are connected to, um, you know, a multi-parameter monitoring system that you're looking at an EKG, that you're monitoring their SPO2. You have to be able to break that down very quickly and very succinctly into human relatable terms for them so that they understand it. So for every single one of those talking points, figure out what does that mean to us and how do we break that down for the client? Um, and then have your team practice. And and as a as both as a CSR and as a technician, I found things on the that list. We had a list of you know five to seven that really felt comfortable and resonated with me. And I knew that I could pick things out based on what the client was, the kind of questions that the client was asking me. So get comfortable with that list um, and really talk about it as a team. And like you said, practice is so important because the last thing you want to do is have that caller on the phone and feel like, uh, okay, wait, we talked about this in a staff meeting six months ago. I think I know the answers to this. You know, like nobody wants to feel that. That's the, there's a feeling that anxiety of like, I know, I know the answer to this, but how do I answer it? Um, you know, I, I have had my team ask me the question time and time again, how do you do that? Like, how do you have that conversation um, and have it seem so effortless? And the, the answer is, I've had the conversation about a million times. And, uh, you know, some of it, some of it took place in front of a mirror. Some of it took place with my team and tons of it has taken place with the client. But really, the last thing that I want to do is be practicing with a client on the phone. Right. Like, that's where I want it to be solid. We, when we talk about skills, and this is definitely a skill, there's nothing that beats repetition. And this is why this is why role play is so important for getting your staff up to speed and, and making them effective. There's just nothing as important as just doing the conversation again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. And and everybody and everybody dreads it, right? Like I can see I can right. see our, our listeners' heads exploding, like, oh my God, you're gonna make us role play. You're gonna make us role play. Like that's <laughs> that's what my team always says to me. But I'm not doing it because I wanna see you get up in front of everybody and turn a neon shade of red, because that's what I do. Um <laughs> I'm not saying it because I wanna put you on the spot. I'm saying it because I want you to be able to feel comfortable and confident, and that requires that requires practice. Yeah. So when we start to talk about this too, I, I just, this is where I can geek out is how do you say things? And I, I just love how you say things. And rather yeah. than saying, oh, we have a veterinary technician and that person monitors the EKG and the pulse ox and, you know, blah, 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 and escorts the chest and blah, blah, blah. Right. Those are all things that parents don't understand. I love the challenge of how do you turn this phrase? And it's a phrase that we use again and again. I love the idea of your dog will have his own veterinary technician that is not going to leave his side during anesthesia. She'll be monitoring six different parameters the entire time to maximize safety. 
Yes. Boom. Like that's the level of detail that I like. I think it's effective. It hits that chord. You better believe the pet owners are like, oh, I understand why you charge what you charge. Like I I get it. The other thing I like to do is think about, and these are things to weave in as well. What are the other value propositions that are included in the cost that maybe aren't medical? How about things like one of our veterinary technicians will call you the day before the procedure to make sure you don't have any questions to prepare you for everything. And she'll also call you the day after the procedure to make sure that everything is going okay and to check in on you and your best friend. Yes. I love that. I love that. Stuff like that. It just ratchets the value up. And then we move into the value. So we talked about the headspace. We talked about some open-ended questions. Get them to invest. Get them to give you information so you can speak with uh, with some knowledge and some confidence. Give the price may change disclaimer. Present the value what you're doing. And then we give them the price. And then we talk about payment. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that I think that that for me is like okay. This is this is you know what the total is. Um, you know. This is the cost. Um, I want to make sure just in general that you know what our um, payment options are here at the hospital since we've never, you know, seen you or your pets before and just have the it short and sweet. You know, our our payment options are X, Y, Z, because, you know, if I have little Mrs. Smith who is, you know, 92 years old and takes a taxi cab to my practice you better believe that I need to tell her whether we accept checks or not. Like it can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be that I'm judging them on whether they have the money to afford to pay for this procedure, but I want them to know what are the financial options that we offer in the clinic and what, you know, what's going to maybe make or break a a decision for them. And I, and I find that as we go forward as a, as an industry, we have more and more clients who are asking the question preemptively, oh, hey, you know, do you guys accept care credit or um, do you have, you know, payment plan options and stuff like that? But even if they don't, even if you get the sense that, um, you know, this is, this is someone who has no concerns about price, you still do them a disservice by not having the conversation up front. And, you know, even starting the conversation with we require payment at the time services are rendered and here's here's the payment options that we offer cool i like it man well i feel pretty good are you okay yeah i i love it i hope i hope this has been helpful for you guys and um one of the one of the things that i would suggest is to create a guide to handling price shoppers for your practice and mine really looks like a expanded version of what we just walked through it it starts with how do you how do you start how do you answer the call what is the expectation for our team and then how do you walk through each of the steps and we talk about it talks about kind of our general processes for the practice and then ask your CSRs, say, what are the, what are the top five things that we get price shopped on? And then literally write a script, walk it through, have your team role play it, have someone scribe out what is being said and how it's being said and take a look at it and polish it and work on it. And then the other biggest key for success for me and my practices with handling price shoppers has been secret shopping my team. And um, it's the best investment that I've made in in my team and also in our client experience is having someone call in and price shop the practice and record the call. And um, there are services out there that will will do this um, for you. Um, And you'll get a professionally prepared report that talks about 
what did your team do with that call? How did they answer the questions um, and give you a sense of are are we rock stars or, or, or are we not? And if and if the if you fall short, because sometimes you just have those days and it's a crazy day. And and I will admit I have been price shopped and I've had a less than stellar score. And it it <laughs> drove me to say because I, I immediately when I heard the recording knew the call. And I was like, Oh my God, that was a crazy busy day. I, she asked the question. She wanted to know how much it was. I told her exactly how much it was. Cause I wanted to get off the phone and deal with the five clients in front of me, but it gave me the context to be able to say, where are the areas that, that we can do better. And so uh, if you're a manager or a practice owner out there and you, this conversation has made you feel like maybe my team has some work to do in terms of, of price shoppers, I really encourage you to check out the option to have your, have your team, um, phone shops because I think that that has been the the single greatest weapon. The manager in terms of how do we tackle the challenge? Thank you. This is a good one. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. And that is the episode that we got. I hope you learned some things about price shoppers. I hope they gave you some good ideas and gave you some tips on how to handle something that you're dealing with in your own practice. That's always the goal. Let us know how we're doing and ask us any questions that you'd like on our email. Just fire one away to podcast at unchartedvet.com. That will make its way to me and Stephanie. If we have time, we will absolutely address it as a podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? Also, if you're loving the podcast and if you get your podcast from iTunes, please, 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 please take a moment and write us an honest review of how we're doing. It helps other people find us and spread the word about Uncharted and the knowledge and encouragement that we're trying to spread. So that's how you can help us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. And we cannot wait to talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you later. Bye.